When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We will talk plenty of Super Bowl 56. The good and bad and kind of boring commercials. Not a ton of commercial time. We'll get more into the game and prognostications. But we'll dive in there. And uh, Jay Moore with us. The, uh, the roommate is Zach Taylor, but uh, standout Husker and NFL or get uh, Jaybird's take on Super Bowl 56. An hour from now, it's Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach's thoughts on Aaron Donald, the D-line, offensive line play. We'll, we'll zoom out and get his take on some Nebraska improvements on the O-line as well. Plenty of room for you today. The Well, the day after the Super Bowl, how's work going? Does your head hurt? Do you still have heartburn? Did you eat too much? Yes, for many of us. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776. Toll free, 800-825-5865. You can email chris at halevarsity.com and find us. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, as always, follow at Hale Varsity, and at ESPN Lincoln. So, how was it? What'd you do? Did you have a good time? I think our stake in a beer bet uh, was won by the uh, the mustached Elijah Herbal. Uh, and he has notes. He has it documented. There's no way I can worm out of this. Uh, sir, I will, b- before you hammer me with gloating, your mustache does look thicker today magnum yeah i've been, I've been letting it go um, I, I really needed a, a good good looking mustache for the super bowl party that was a must i thought it was for valentine's day hell no <laughs> really no okay. um okay now uh let's see but uh, on the notes here uh, i started off strong i said the rams would call heads on the top or tails on the toss heads would be the coin flip Bengals would uh win the toss i was correct in all that but i said the Bengals would receive uh, they did not. They deferred. So I was pretty close on that. And then you had Rams covering the spread 34-24. I had Bengals winning outright 34-21, but that is still a cover. Yeah. So te- technically, mm. you got the cover and you've got the steak and the beer. I will see you at Single Barrel Friday ahead of Nebraska. Is it Maryland this week? I don't even know. We'll get into some Nebraska basketball, too. I was also wrong on the Gatorade color, though. I said I trusted Danny's work. It was blue. It went lemon-lime. It was blue. Yeah, it was blue. What did you think, though? Was it as good a Super Bowl as you remember watching? I thought you had 
it wasn't choppy. What I liked most about the Super Bowl was, well, the first 58 minutes, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. What am I going to think of when I think of Super Bowl 56? I'm going to think of the, the constant pressure uh, that, that Burrow faced after halftime. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, you had one team force feed their stud, Cooper Cup. Stafford found a way to get it to him. The Rams had no run game. And it, it didn't matter. You just had Cooper Cup making plays. Fourth and two. Let's do the jet sweep to Cooper. Uh, let's find him up the seam. Let's pick on Eli Apple, who I think will be on another NFL team by next season, because he is he is just not an aware football player as talented and as great athletic as he is. He he is what he is, right? And I can't cover Cooper. You can't cover Cooper. Most of us can't, but there was just some awareness issues that have plagued Eli Apple all over. I was hoping Cincinnati would have would have tried a little more forcefully to get Chase the football. And they spread it around and Higgins had a good game and I know there was a monster face mask that was missed. And so things kind of worked out. Things evened out with the the face mask that was that was missed that went for a touchdown and then you had the ticky tack holding that uh, was called on Logan Wilson, brutal call, awful call. I don't think the officiating, I can't say it was good because of the the holding call or the missed face mask, but they let him play. They were pretty consistent with that. And above all, it was more about Aaron Donald and the Rams pass rush. That's what I'll take with me from Super Bowl 56. On top of the storybook season Cincinnati had, We'll get into whether or not you think either team has staying power uh, to to do this again, not necessarily go back-to-back, but not go away, not turn into uh, a team that misses the playoffs or bows out of the playoffs. I I don't think the window's closed for either, despite the all-in mentality for the Rams. I know it was kind of a rental deal for them. We'll see, but you saw Tampa this year that went out and re-signed to try and go back to back, and it just fell apart. A little, little different culture with the Rams than in Tampa. But, I, you know, I think the pass rush, the defense, if you love guys stepping up and making plays and the Rams just turning to their stars and saying, go do it, and guys stepping up and doing it, you know, that's what was super impressive. Uh, Joe Burrow was really good uh, despite – his pressure, but Joe Burrow, once Von Miller put him in the dirt, was really never the same. I just, easy for me to say and question, but I, I really liked Cincinnati when they were able to, to lean on Mixon a little bit more. Uh, I thought the, the couple of times, you know, the big play to Chase was off a of play action that got him for 46 yards. Really good coverage, incredible catch by Chase down the sideline, but you know, Cincinnati was just I, – I could see the offensive coaches just like throwing their playbooks up in the air because if you're going shotgun, Elijah, and you still don't have time to throw it, what good is going under center with play action despite your success running the football? So I, I just thought Cincinnati missed some opportunities. They settled or had to settle for a couple of field goals. 
versus touchdowns. There's your difference. Uh, you get the interception. And, again, uh, the first Aaron Donald sack is the issue. And, and that, that, that knocks you uh, back into field goal range versus uh, getting a first down and then having a chance to score a touchdown after the 75-yarder to Higgins. So it was the Rams making plays play situationally. Uh, I'm just not – I'm not a, a Stafford hater with all him and his wife have been through. So, I mean, I'm happy for a guy who's persevered like that. I just think he's he, he's super talented, but I think he's just an average quarterback, right? I mean, a guy like Stafford winning a ring kind of is more to me in the category of the Brad Johnsons winning a ring or some other quarterbacks. Uh, who else won a ring that was – well, he's got a Super Bowl, right? Trent Dilfer winning a Super Bowl. I mean, guys, guys like that. Uh, it it kind of it kind of mm. lowers the bar to me. Mm. It lowers the bar a little bit to me. As hard as it is to win and go get a Super Bowl, and there's some greats that don't have rings across sports. This was more about the the talent around Stafford, and he made some money throws to Cup. But I was waiting for him in that final drive to make the Matt Stafford mistake. He didn't. He stepped up. He made some plays, 15 plays, 79 yards, touchdown with uh, a different game being officiated the final two minutes. Timing, timing the issue of the flags, not necessarily that there were flags. It was just a different ball game. The final two minutes versus the first 58 minutes, and uh, Cincinnati had no answer for Aaron Donald. See, I'm not sure I like your take about Matt Stafford. I think whenever, whenever it's all said and done, you look back, I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback of the 2010s. Statistically, yeah. 12 years of doing time in Detroit, I get it. But it's, it's different for me because of, of what was around him. See, and to me, I see it like a Russell Wilson where, yeah, you know he's a very good quarterback. He probably can't go in a Super Bowl by himself, and we saw that in Detroit, but he's still a very good quarterback in his own right. I think putting him in the likes of Trent Dilfer is a little bit disrespectful has, to Matt Stafford. He's he's better than that, but I'm saying he's he's not very far from their real estate when it comes to winning the championship. He's closer to their real estate than, say, Tom Brady, but well, he's not all that close. I mean, there's a pretty wide gap between Dilfer and Brady, you know? I, I mean, Brad Brad Johnson, right, won it for, for Tampa. Why did Tampa win it? Well, part of it was Gruden's offense and that defense, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, again, these guys are all pros. They're multiple-year starters in the NFL. They're pro bowlers. There's the first pick overall. He has plenty of arm talent, but the, the, the interception in the end zone, part of that was his receiver's fault. The other interception, the, the tip, I mean, it's rare to go – plus two in the turnover battle in a Super Bowl and not win. Well, I think we know that who won that Super Bowl was A, the Rams pass rush, and B, Cooper Cup. Yeah. Co- Cooper Cup, one of the greatest seasons we've seen from a wide receiver ever this year. And then you have that Rams the, pass rush that came in and, and closed the door. Sure. So uh, th- those are the two people. I think Aaron Donald may have deserved the MVP over Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had one great drive, I'll give him that, and great players step up when great players need to, and that that's what Cooper Cup did last night. But that Rams pass rush, especially in the second half, uh, after the opening touchdown drive in the pick and in that first five minutes of the half, they stepped up and, and they, they stifled that Bengals offense for the most part. For, for the Rams to respond and not fold with that momentum shift mm-hmm. is pretty incredible. Now, 
they've got a, a, an all-time great in, in Aaron Donald there on the defensive line making plays, but they stepped up. The other adjustment that happened is the Rams still only rushed four, but they would have one of the outside backers at the line, so it looked like it was going to be a, a some someone was blitzing. Well, they would drop Von Miller into coverage, Cincinnati was focusing two to three guys on Aaron Donald. And on the other side is where that fourth rusher came. And then you had a three-on-two advantage a lot of times to get in in Joey B's face. And Joe Mixon wasn't doing a great job picking up blitzes. Well, he'd, he'd make the initial hit, mm-hmm. and then they, they wouldn't stay down. And and it was hard to get separation. Were you surprised that, that uh, Ramsey got, got lit like he did? No. No, no. The, the the game is moving towards receivers anyway. I, I am a little bit surprised how much the refs let them play for 58 minutes. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't make it to this whole segment without mentioning the referees at least once because they, they did play a big factor in the game last night. I liked that for the majority of the game they let the teams play, but then they lost all their credibility by going back on all that in the final two minutes whenever the Rams are down in the red zone and they decide, you know what, we're not going to let them play. They, 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 they completely changed their tone. Just be consistent. If they were consistent with keeping the whistles out of their mouths, letting the guys play. I would have been happy if they would have done it for a full 60 minutes, but they didn't do it for a full 60 minutes. If you're going to call, uh, air quote, phantom holding, you had ample opportunity to do that before the two-minute warning. Yes. And before the red zone. And that that's what folks are upset about. The, refs, the refs aren't the reason the Rams won the Super Bowl. But it it didn't hurt. And since his defense has been great all year, that's the investment phase that Cincinnati went with through the draft. They got Burrow through the draft. They got Chase. And then through some free agency, uh, they really helped their secondary and linebacking core. And those guys were making plays all playoffs. So that's, that's how Cincinnati got there, right? They survived multiple sack games. They survived their offensive line. But it was the defense that was forcing turnovers, getting the football back, creating momentum. They almost did enough. Uh, Stafford just doesn't wow me. Just doesn't wow me. Good for him and his family winning the championship. And the the story is, is a little bit better just because of what he had to do and how he did it without OBJ going down with the knee injury. He had zero run game, 21 carries for... 40 yards for acres. I mean, it, it looked like an Oklahoma drill. <laughs> Most of the times, uh, the Rams wanted to try and run the football. So, Well, I'll, I'll give it to Stafford, though, because he lost his number two target uh, early in the season in Robert Woods. He lost his number two target who replaced Robert Woods in the Super Bowl in Odell Beckham. And, oh, he didn't have his number one tight end for the game either in Tyler Higbee. He was down a whole bunch of options for that game yesterday, and he still went and, and won the game. So I don't want to discredit Matt Stafford at all. No, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning, but he's a Super Bowl champion quarterback. I'll give him that. And, uh, I mean, based on what I've seen in his career, he's got an argument for Hall of Fame someday. Is he going to be one of the most impressive quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame? No, but I, I think he's deserving of Hall of Fame consideration when it's all said and done now that he has that Super Bowl championship. Well, it's now a consideration mm-hmm. because he has that championship Cup got open. Stafford hit him with some nice throws. But above all, if you wanna if you wanna tell me why the the Rams are your Super Bowl champs, it was it was that defense. It was that pass rush. We'll check in with Charlie McBride on that. 
Did you spend any energy or time watching Nebraska basketball yesterday? No, I, I listened to about the first 15 minutes on the radio and went, that's enough. That's enough. I met up with uh, Iowa Russ, and, and I was trying to give it, get him to give me 25 points, not the 16 and a half for beers, and he wouldn't budge. He wasn't sure how his Hawkeyes would perform. Uncle Nate also met me for some wings and beer, and we're just all kind of watching that Nebraska implosion of the, the final, you know, 15 minutes of Iowa's 42-10 to 10 run. And we'll hear from Coach Hoiberg here before this hour is up. But kind of the same old, same old. This team reverts back to quick shots and hero ball. Uh, you can't have the McGowans combining for a third of the turnovers. I was really surprised that Trey played as erratic as he did. You want to talk about trying to force it and do too much? Man, that was that was tough. Uh, Jay Moore is next on Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, Jay Moore with us here, Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jaybird Super Bowl Fifty Six in the uh, in the books, and uh, how much grub and Coors Light did you uh, devour? <laughs> you know, I probably ate a little more early on in the day. You know, watching uh, watching golf and had a few more beers early in the day, but I kind of slowed down a little bit once it got towards uh, closer to game time because I was in Omaha. I was trying to be a responsible human, knowing that I had to <laughs> drive myself and my son back to uh, back to Lincoln. But yeah, it was you know I just I think honestly I ate so much at lunch, which I always tend to do. That's you know pizza and beer at lunch, and then it's like man, you know six o'clock came. I'm like I'm not even hungry, which is which is fine. I'm glad because if I would have eaten again, I you know. Not saying I'm I'm watching my figure at all, but uh, it would have been uh, I would have had to spend about an hour in the sauna a day to get that all out of me after after this weekend. Well, it's all right. Some of us took care of it for you. We we had two <laughs> courses, and we'll just leave it at that. So, man, you, you got to feel for for Zach and Cincinnati. It was right there, a great barrage to open up the second half, but. What were your takeaways? What did you see? And were you, were you surprised that Stanford and the Rams were able to, to kind of put that drive together, that final drive to, with, with the go-ahead score? You know, the, the game kind of went how I about expected. I, you know, um, I thought it was going to be a fairly low-scoring 
I was telling people I would bet the unders, and I was right. You know, I even <laughs> said, you know, the, the Bengals would cover, which I was right on that as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just – honestly, it would, the, the, these games kind of went – you know, the game kind of went just kind of how the Bengals playoffs has kind of gone, you know. You know, Burrow gets a ton of pressure, but they're able to get a couple turnovers here and there, make some big plays offensively get some stops when they need to, but unfortunately, you know, it just offensive line issues came and they just didn't get the call. I mean, that holding call, I think it was on third down there against uh, the third or fourth. I can't remember against cup against their middle linebacker. I mean, they're kind of letting them play all game and all of a sudden, you know, they call that holding there. Then it just seemed like there was a barrage of penalties after, after that one came in and over the next uh, few plays in that, that series where they, they took the lead. So, you know, I, I look at that, that play right there, that really just, just changed the game for, for obviously for, for Cincinnati, but it just, the, the pressure on Burrow, I mean, that was surprised. They're able to run the ball somewhat, you know, successfully, but uh, you know, I mean, Aaron Donald and, and Vaughn Miller, and, you know, you just go down the list of those guys. Uh, you know, I saw that, you know, Burrow averaged about 2.4 seconds to throw, and that's not a whole lot of time. You know, three seconds is about, you know, is is a good operating time. So all of a sudden you take away a half a second, which is a ton. You know, in, in the NFL, that's that's a big that's a big difference. And I think that I saw also that the Rams, you know, were successful in about 85% of their pass rushes. So that that is just you know, and, and it's not like that it hasn't been the issue for the Bengals. I mean, he was he was sacked. Um, at least seven times against against the Titans in Tennessee, and so there have been those issues. But they've also been able to negate them with you know clever uh, play calls, the screens. I know that's how they kind of slowed down Kansas City. But I just think that just became too much. Was the what was the Rams' defensive line uh, coming here and, and Aaron Donald, which is just you know, I, I mean, arguably, I would I'd love to hear someone you know talk and try to you know explain to me that. Who's who's better than Aaron Donald to ever play the position? Now, obviously, you could say, you know, you could say wins or Super Bowls, but I mean that guy is unblockable. He is unblockable one on one. If you want to slow him down, you got to double team him. You got to chip him. You got to do a ton of different things. That guy, you know, has had a hell of a career. And you know, there's talking him potentially retiring with once he got the Super Bowl ring. We'll see. But that dude is uh, he is he is something special. And uh, he just we came too much, and that's what great players do in situations like that. You know, they're able to, to kind of step up and, and take control, and, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Jay, you nailed a couple of key points. Jay Moore with us, Hale Varsity Radio, recap of the Super Bowl, and you have the uh, the stat that's out there: the pass block win rate, and that means the the offensive lineman able to corral a defensive player for two and a half to three seconds and like the worst number ever was was yesterday was last night Eight, 18 percent the Cincinnati offensive line only won 18 percent of their downs uh, along the line uh, last night and that that speaks to the, the quick game Cincinnati had to go with I thought Cincinnati I don't want to say abandoned the run, but when they were successful, they would go double tight or even add an extra O lineman in, and they really got mixing going. But it was just, what do you do? Because if you get stuffed on 
on a first down run against that front of the Rams. You can't live. You know, they were able to survive against Kansas City with a lot of second and nine, second and eights, but they kept the run game going. I thought Cincinnati went went four or five wide too often. I know that's been their game, but I, I really have no idea what to do. The screen game really didn't come into come into vogue either. Uh, there was a lot of checkdowns and kind of the the, the 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 lateral passes to to the flat, but really no screen game. I just thought things were were were, disju- was di- were just disjointed. Honestly, whenever Mixon went out of the game. P. Ryan, for whatever reason, I know he's he's a weapon as a third down back. He seemed off. The uh, the backup kid from Michigan seemed off as well, just not on the same page. But yeah, you want to talk about a, a an uphill battle? Old Joey Burrow had that last night, and, and L.A. did a good job too at taking Chase away too. I thought maybe if you're Cincy, you just go after the the Rams and just say, all right, cover him. Kind of like L.A. did with Cup. They knew that where the ball was going and Cup still got open. I thought Chase could have maybe done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was, you know, and, you know, it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, yeah. you know, type of situation there for, for Kansas City. And, you know, with, with Beckham going out for for uh, L.A. there early in the second, uh, late, was it late in the first half, early in the second, you know, I was like, oh, boy, you know. Now they can just kind of double up on Cup. I mean, they pretty much were. He was still getting open. That guy is—he's incredible. He's, but you know, the talent they were able to acquire on that on that team, the last you know even this year to in the last couple of years, man, it, it was they were they went they the, all the chips were in the in the in the middle there. They were all in on on getting this one done. But yeah, it's just you just gotta you know. There's so many plays you can look at that you, oh, you could capitalize here or there. I mean, the Bengals, you know, they they had the they had the opportunity, you know, and and they just didn't make the play. You know, I, again, I look back at that holding call and cup there. I just wasn't, I wasn't. I mean, it was a it was pretty ticky tack considering how that game went. Now, if that was early in the game, you're like, okay, that's fine, and then you can kind of adjust as a player, but. You let them play pretty physical game, and all of a sudden you want to call that in that situation. Like in that game, that's exactly where you want your 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 umpire or your referee or your back judge to swallow his whistle, whoever throws a holding call. But you know the call was made, and then and then, and then the and the Rams capitalized, and so and they're the world champs. So you know it's just a lot of uh, you know. I also thought once. Once the Bengals came out and scored right away in the second half, and then they got the interception, I thought if they could have scored a touchdown there, yep. I'm like, ooh, this thing is going to be tough to come back from. And then, again, Burrow gets sacked. They capitalized on the field goal. So the, the Bengals had their opportunities to win that football game. It's just the Rams, you know, in, in big games and big-time situations like the situational football is very, very key. And I think the Rams just played better situational football when, and, um, last night when they needed to. Yeah, and Jay, you got to credit the Rams this entire postseason. Really, that that's been their story of they've been down late in games and they've never gone away. That was the story last night. Uh, I want to get your take first on uh, on Joe Burrow and the, the. I mean, he just got absolutely pelted back there. You could say the, the Rams' pass rush won them this game late in that game as they were able to step up and uh, really put some uh, fire on Joe Burrow. But do you think he was playing through some sort of knee injury late in that game? I mean, it didn't really feel like he was ever. The same after Wasn't going same. down. No. Yeah, you know, obviously you saw the, the 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 camera shots and the views of him 
you know, screaming about his right knee. And um, I can't remember if, if that was his knee he injured last year or not. I, I don't remember. It was, it was the off other the top knee. Of my head. But, uh, you know, it, you know, you're just, you got dinged and he fought through it. And I, I think he was able to somewhat walk off the field on his own, but that had to affect him a little bit, you know, and, and the fact that this, that, clock was going off you know i mean they were they were there so quick all night we've already discussed that so yeah he was he wasn't he wasn't quite what he needed to be but i mean i don't even know if he was you know healthy after that if he could still have done anything more i mean it was one one thousand two one thousand and boom like <laughs> the pocket was collapsing very very quickly and you know we saw last week or two weeks ago against kansas city he was able to kind of maneuver and and scramble on some third and longs and i think he did it earlier in the game on a fourth and one call but uh you know he just wasn't able to do that you know i think you saw von miller chase him down from behind on a sack and i just you know the the, the Bengals are gonna have to utilize you know these draft picks you know they're gonna have some late picks now in the first this first round so that's a perfect scenario to go go get some offensive linemen and, and sure up that thing. And I just don't, you know, the Bengals aren't going anywhere by any means. All, I don't know what their other free agency looks like, but, you know, they don't have a ton of hope, you know, high-profile players. You know, I think, you know, they've they, they got plenty of cap room available to sign some guys back. And, um, you know, as long as you've got Burrow and, and Chase and, you know, Mixon and, uh, you know, the tight ends are, are good, Uzma and, you know, and, I, you know, I'm forgetting the, the other wide receivers, but uh, you, you protect – Trek Burrow and you got Chase and you get a decent running game, man. You get that offensive line short up. You know, I th- I feel like they're going to be hell to deal with in the, in the AFC and and uh, we'll probably continue to win that AFC North. Jay, before we get you out of here, what did you think of the halftime show? No, I didn't get to see it. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's and that's my era too, man. That's you know Dre and and Snoop. I mean, that's I don't. I, mean, I think I make myself sound a little older, but no, I was driving back. To uh, Lincoln from Omaha during that, and I I still haven't seen anything. I, um, you know, I'm kind of bummed for Zach, so I haven't watched it too much about the about the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure it was good. I mean, come on, you can't beat Dre and and Snoop, and uh, you know, Eminem's great. And I, you know, Kendrick Lamar, and I think even 50 Cent made an appearance. I heard so. I wish I could have seen it. Maybe I'm sure I can YouTube it right now and watch it, but. Uh, Maybe that'll be for later tonight. Well, uh, Fiddy's now a dollar. <laughs> yeah, he was looking bigger. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the Jay Moore weight room program. Uh, a little inflation going on there. Yeah, that's okay though. You get older, you you, you pack on pounds. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore with us here, Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. 
Jay, real quick on the uh, the Waste Management Open, the party in Phoenix, the tribute to uh, Happy Gilmore, and this is golf people. I mean, Twitter was hilarious this weekend with Shooter McGavin and beer spraying everywhere with Sam Ryder. And, uh, wow, uh, you've never been down there for that? You know, I haven't. I've, I've played that course, you know, three or four times. And I think every time I played it, it's either been like a week or two before or a week or two after. So all the stands are up. But I've never been down. You know, I'm a, you know, it'd be fun to do it one day. But, I, you know, if I'm down there, I'd, you know, I want to go, you know, I want to go play golf. You know, watching golf, like I said, I'd, I'd go for one day, I think. But other than that, I need to, uh, you know, to be, you know, beat, you know, I wouldn't be chasing a, a white ball myself. So it's a, it's a hell of a time. And a lot of people that go down the boat, that was a, man, that was fun. That was a, that was a show. You know, Sam's writer, you know, hit Sam writer's deal yesterday or on Saturday. And I think Ortiz made another hole in one. And then you had uh, Harry Higgs and Joel Damon ripping their shirts off as they made some putts. <laughs> so, you know, beers flying everywhere. So it's great. It's so good. It's such, I think it's great for the game. I think the players love it. I'm sure there's a few stuffy, guys out there that hate it but uh, it's that's that's what makes it fun that's my honestly it's probably my my favorite event other than the majors to watch just because i love the that scene i love the scottsdale golf and i um, love the scottsdale area myself so that that was that was fun to watch and then plus i made a little pre pre uh round wager on scotty shuffler to win it all so i got a little extra election the bank account this morning too that's the way to do it man and the uh, the shirts being ripped off the beer uh the beers being doused and they're they're not cheap beers it, it's pro sporting events so that's the ultimate tribute and uh yeah it's kind of a new uh, a new feel a new era of golf down there repeatedly and it, it's always a party it's more uh more happy Gilmore versus Judge Smales. So we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll take that. Jay, uh, best to you, man. And uh, we'll do this again. We'll talk some ball here closer to spring football. You got it. Thanks, guys. Good to check in with the Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. His take on his teammate, Zach Taylor, and Cincinnati getting back. He's feeling good about that. Charlie McBride's 20 minutes away. Can join us 466 3776 So I, I was throwing a bit of water or other liquid on the Matt Stafford parade a little earlier in the show. And I'm, I'm underwhelmed that he is a Super Bowl champ, made a couple of nice throws. I can't imagine the parallels of, of him and Andy Dufresne, like 19 years, right? Not quite 19, but 12, doing time in Detroit, right? No one ever goes to Detroit and has a lot of good things to either say or wonderful career achievements to show. But I said, look, Stafford winning a Super Bowl is he's one of the worst quarterbacks to do it. You win one, it, it flips your legacy. So I've got a list here of, of, of one-time champs. And we'll see, would you take or buy, would you buy or sell Stafford over this guy? And, and clearly, the, the, the first couple, three names on this list, <laughs> no. There's about four one-time winners, Favre and Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Warner, and Russell Wilson. Okay. Those guys have won but they've at least played in, in a couple. Rodgers has not. But Favre played in, in two, got one. Russell played in two, got one. 
and then Kurt Warner played in three and, and, and got one. Flacco, uh, Kenny Stabler, Jim McMahon, Phil Sims, Jeff Hostetler, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson uh, are some of the names there. Mahomes has one, but he's played in two. Uh, you have the, 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 the rewriting the legacy of rarefied air. Peyton Manning's numbers are incredible. That second Super Bowl title kind of solidified him. Eli's got two. Big Ben, Elway, Bradshaw, and Montana have four. Aikman has three. Staubach with two. Played in three. Brady with seven. My favorite, Dan Marino. <laughs> zero. Uh, Warren Moon, zero. Jim Kelly, 0 for 4. Ugh. Doug Williams has one. Nick Foles has one. So I've listed off a lot of quarterbacks. Who would you take Stafford over? I'd probably take Stafford over Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. I think Doug Williams was really good. I know he was loaded with the Washington squad in 87, but Doug Williams like forced Tampa into a playoff. They were in the NFC Championship way back when, when they were not far removed from being expansion. So Doug Williams, a hell of a good quarterback. Flacco doesn't get a lot of credit. I think Flacco and, and Stafford are similar. Oh, no. no. You, you don't like Flacco? No. Well, you, like, I, you, you like Stafford? Stafford's, uh, Stafford's got better statistics. Okay? And I'll say this. Stafford had way more help his Super Bowl year. Yeah, sure. On offense. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. However, Stafford's had a longer and better career with a lot less talent. I mean, if, if he had played on a different team besides the, besides the Lions for the past 11 years, we might be talking... It's all situational. We might be talking second or third Super Bowl here. He, he was in the, the, the dumps of the NFL with the Rams, or with the Lions for 10 years, and he still led him to, what, three playoffs? But did you, going into the Super Bowl, bud, did you look at it and say, wow, between the play calling... And the play of the quarterback, it's it's quasi a miracle in the fumbles in the Tampa game. It's quasi a miracle the Rams got here. And it wasn't because of their quarterback. But you look at Stafford's play throughout the, the whole regular season, and I know the interceptions are up and turnovers are a killer. He tied for the league lead in interceptions. But he was playing through injuries for a good part of the year. Apparently a pretty debilitating back injury. And early in the season, before he was injured, I know you, you can't talk about, oh, before he was injured, because injuries are part of the NFL. Mm-hmm. However, I think a fully healthy Matt Stafford would have a better season than what he had this year. He he taped his left. I mean, he had 340-pound armbar done on his ankle. It was, it was a Sioux, Missouri moment with how that ankle. I'm surprised it didn't snap. I just... I don't know, man. I'm just like, okay, Matt Stafford's on Twitter with a cigar and a beer in his hand and trolling a little bit here. I would take Matt Stafford over just about all of those quarterbacks, aside from the first Favre, four, Roger, the, Favre the first Rogers, four. Kurt Warner, and probably not even, I'd probably take him or take Russell Wilson over him, so but then, I. I, then I'd probably put Matt Stafford just below that You level. put him over Jim McMahon and Ken Stabler? Yes. Okay. Over Phil Simms and Jeff Hostetler? Uh, I didn't really get to watch either of them. I've heard good things about Phil Sims, though. Yeah. yeah, he has a kid that's forced his way on TV. That makes all of our pregame happy, happiness a reality. <laughs> I think he's. I don't think he's better than McMahon. Now, Jimbo 
in those Bears squads could have had more. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking. We're, we're talking about a guy. We're talking the- about the list of of guys that that have one title that should have multiple, and they just don't. But if we're talking about guys that were carried to the Super Bowl by the the quality of their team, I'd put Jim McMahon near the top of the, that list. The, the Bear defense was incredible. Walter Payton's Walter Payton, but Jim gave them a different element in being able to go downfield. Before Jim got there and his Adidas uh, headband, it was. Well, Walter, good luck and God bless. Here's 40 carries. Well, look at the Lions under Jared Goff. It's the same story. They're not good. We'll wind down hour one. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Charlie McBride coming up. Uh, some thoughts on Husker basketball. The halftime show, food, and uh, spring football as it nears. So we were talking a lot about Stafford, and he now has that that bling. Uh, Bengals, let's flip over to Cincy here. We all know they're a really talented young team, that they're ahead of schedule. Really excellent points by Jay Moore. Go check that uh, on-demand podcast, ESPNLincoln.com. Is Cincinnati a team that's likely never to return, or do you think they get back? And their investment was notable and needed defensively. They have picked high for a reason and nailed it with Joe Burrow and, of course, Chase being the rookie of the year, and he's playing like a top four or five receiver, and he's made enough plays that you could argue that you could argue He's, he's already a top three or four receiver in the NFL. Uh, they should have force-fed him like Cup was force-fed by Stafford. But it comes down to your next investment and evaluation being on that offensive line. Look at where their age is. And you've got the oldest guy being Burrow at 25. Mixon's right there at 25. Chase in his early 20s as well. Uh, T. Higgins, a really nice pickup, second-round draft pick. He's there. Uzama at tight end is all good. And what you you don't want to have is this first trip to the Super Bowl be the only trip a la Dan Marino in 84. And they, they never got back. Burrow and the team, the way they're built, there's dysfunction with Deshaun Watson and the Texans. There's issues with Kyler Murray in Arizona. Uh, you have... Russell Wilson and, of course, Aaron Rodgers both have wanted a change of scenery. That's been a bit divisive. You won't have divisiveness from Burrow or Taylor or Cincinnati. But right now, you've got a very frugal, and I'm being kind with the term, owner. That It's just been gravy this year. It's all broke right. He's got a patient. uh, He was patient. With, with Zach Taylor, Zach's paid off with that. Callahan's been a good offensive coordinator. Their D coordinator's really talented. And there's not a coach around the college football world or NFL that doesn't know somebody who's worked uh, for somebody in, in Cincinnati when it comes to their D coordinator. So there's nothing but great things there. So you've got a really smart coach that you hired away from the McVeigh tree that's really good. And you let him, you let him water and grow, 
And and right now, what you can't do is if there's a hangover season where since he's eight and eight or nine and eight or eight and nine, and they miss the playoffs, you can't go dynamite on this thing. It's pretty common once you win it or get to the top of the mountain to have a down year for whatever reason. It happens, especially in the NFL. So you gotta you gotta stay patient. You gotta spend some money, Elijah, and, and fix the O line. Just like you did when it came to evaluation and the additions you made on defense, go that way on offense. Because well, let's be honest, this championship window is not gonna be that long. You, you get about a four year sprint. You're gonna sprint. have to pay Joe Burrow, you're gonna have to pay Jamar Chase, you're gonna have to pay T. Higgins, you're gonna have to pay Joe Mixon. All of these guys are gonna be getting big contracts down the road, and you gotta capitalize now. Yep, that rookie window and then that second contract's the issue. McBride's next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Smitty's a great guy. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Well, what other endorsement do you need? Other than Nick Saban talking about some guy named Schmitty. I don't think you want to hear the rest of that sound Not, right. not me. <laughs> Saban was not talking about me. Yeah, did, but Elijah, you made it sound great that yeah. Nick Saban was giving me a compliment. Well, uh, we can play the rest of this. No, that, that, like that, that, we're, we're good. We have time with Charlie <laughs> McBride. We have time with Coach Charlie McBride right now on Monday with Charlie on Hale Var City Radio. We'll play the rest of... Whatever Schmitty he was talking about here later on in the show. Oh, Jesus. Coach, how many wings did we eat? How are you? How are you today? I'm doing good. Nice Sunday, nice sunny day. I just don't want to go outside. You got sub-zero wind chill? Oh, yeah. It's, sweet. <laughs> it's close to that. Well, we're not have, We don't have any wind. That's the best thing. Well, but we have the cold. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a weird February. We've had sixty and fifty. We've had more fifty and sixty degree days here. Uh, pretty much January, February. I mean, we're probably talking a two to one ratio of of decent weather days versus bad weather days. I don't know if the world's coming to an end or not, but it. I'll take the weather. I, I'll tell you what I ought to do is just send you a bunch of. Cr- colored golf ball so you can go play golf and forget all this stuff just go play golf in the winter whether it snows or not i might do it and you are very kind to know about how good or or not good i am off the tee box so uh, i can always use more uh, more golf balls coach let's uh dive into the super bowl and what'd you oh. think did you enjoy it yeah i i I did, and I was, uh, you know, I I picked up the 
uh, news this morning, and and I was hearing all these things about exactly what I thought I was seeing. I did. I was wondering wondering why there was so few penalties and why they changed their whole philosophy. From what I can hear, that it was you know let them play, mm-hmm. and uh, why don't they do that the rest of the year if they're going to do it for a final game? You know, so I think at the end of the game there were a couple calls. I just kind of wondered what in the world is going on and then of course they started playing and that's the thing I've always worried about you know when they as soon as they put gambling in you look at different spots (laughs) you know you start thinking you know you've been around this enough to know that it you know you get down and all of a sudden there's a weird penalty and uh, I know some some things in the past um that Coach Devaney told me a long time ago in the Orange Bowl that uh, there was a certain official on. They were I don't know who they were playing. I think maybe it was like LSU or somebody, and and all of a sudden they're going down to score, and all of a sudden there's a holding penalty, and nobody knows who it is, but there's just a holding penalty. So there was a there was an official from the Big Eight, I think, at that time that went over to the official and he said, uh, we called a holding penalty the next play to balance it up. I guess he called it holding on the next play. <laughs> so it went right back to where it began. And apparently he went over and told the guy, you do it one more time and I'll, you know, I'll just do the same thing. So we might as well cut it out. And so that's the way, you know, that's, that's the way it went in the old days. You know, they, they split crews. And um, I think I was in on a lot of that uh, split crew stuff. <laughs> well, I, I am. At, there, there's so many. There's some games where you guys were always so professional afterwards, Coach. You'd never blame it on a call. Okay, there's there's a lot of time in a, in a game to. There's a lot of moments in a football game that, that accumulate up to a win or a loss. But, man, that's the biggest problem with, with the Super Bowl is is the timing of it. And, and you can yeah. argue the the Apple interference in the end zone. Ab- yeah, absolutely. That, that was pass interference. But you get, <laughs> you, you get offsetting penalties beforehand. A legal hit, by the way, in the end zone. Uh, but it yeah. would have been negated by a holding, and then you, you fast you, or you rewind a couple of plays earlier, where you have that phantom hold by the linebacker where he didn't even touch him; he wasn't even draped on him. I know. And, but that, then you had the face mask that wasn't called either on the long touchdown pass. So right. it all kind of evened out. And the the the, the point is <laughs> that there was no way to block Aaron Donald at all. He was incredible. Yeah. Well, the first. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little surprised he didn't play as well in the first half as he did in the second half. You know, he really turned it on in the second half, and um, you know, he was—he was—you couldn't—you couldn't block him. He—he's so explosive that, you know, he's probably there's probably never been a defensive lineman that has his his athletic ability and speed and explosiveness that that you know and, and body control that the guy has. And um, you know, so but the second half, he he was he was playing for the money and the <laughs> ring. I tell you, I promise you. <laughs> you know, somebody went, somebody must have whispered in his ear or something. But uh, you know, he turned he really turned it on, and I, 
you know, I was reading a little bit about him, I guess a week or so ago about, you know, how he was kind of a kid that, uh, that, uh, one of the coaches noticed him how good he was when he was in junior high, mm-hmm. you know, and knew that he was going to be something special and so on. And but, you know, people like that, a few and far between, I think, and you know, in a lot of cases. But you know, there, there's, you know, I'm I'm not a professional at grading <laughs> pro football players, but I haven't seen a defensive lineman that I can remember that had all the tools that he's got. He is. He's pretty well conditioned. I mean, he's not just a big, heavy set guy. He's lean and explosive. And to your point about the athleticism, and old Dave Wanstad found him. He was kind of an under the radar kid, and he ended up going, you know, mid teens, maybe later teens. But uh, right. he, he was a first round guy. But if you knew how good he was going to be, you'd take him number one overall. And there's 17 teams that passed on him and Wanstead found him. And I think they probably went six and six under Wanstead, you know, in pit or whatever. But uh, what can you learn? Let me ask you this. And and you won a lot of championships at Nebraska. You coached at at some spots too, that built up and and won. What can you learn from a loss? What's what Zach Taylor and, and, and Joe Burrow, taken away from last night what Cincinnati do moving forward after falling so close well I think the first thing they really did was they didn't complain about you know what happened I yeah. you know I mean that you know you could have come off the field and had sour grapes and the whole deal you know and that would you know that when you get in a game like that you don't do it just you know Take it for what it's worth, and and do the best you can. And but I think what both of them have, as young as they are, it didn't seem like it was. You know, I mean, it seemed like they lost, but it seemed like they knew they had a chance to do it again. And and what you, what you do, what they'll do is they'll reevaluate their personnel, and they'll really try to set the draft so they or trade or whatever. Uh, so that they'll actually have a, a more improved team next year. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have a quarterback with another year's experience, and a receiver with a you know uh, who's young too, who's mm-hmm. got a few years left in them. They all you know they've got some they've got some time left. And I think when you're looking at Joe, what are you 22, 23 years old? Who knows in that mm-hmm. area, but. You know, they, he's got quite a few years left to go, and uh, uh, so you know, and he's smart, and and you know, those guys, and they know themselves what they did wrong. There's not a lot of, you know, you have, to, you know, the the coaching will come, but I think, and you know, when you you've been in in good programs like they've been in, uh, it's not hard to. to to realize what mistakes you made or what, you know, what you have to do to get better. And, uh, you know, that, that, those are the things I think you look at, especially in professional football, you look at personnel and, you know, it's the same thing you were talking about it. You know, you have it, you know, at the Nebraska is just the fact that they were short in some areas. I think maybe they overloaded some and not in others, but, Mm -hmm. The thing that kind of kind of gets me is a little bit is if you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a defensive line, you're not going to be anywhere. 
<laughs> right. You know, you're, you're going to, you just, and, and just to see some of the salaries some of these guys are getting compared to, you know, these top players. And they're the guys that are winning games. Believe me, the linemen are, are the guys. There's maybe one or two guys that are going to make a load of dough, and the rest of them are kind of, you know, nickel dimers. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, you know, you never, you never hear about a guy getting a huge salary, maybe one guy or two, you know, maybe. But, you know, now, you know, it's just, it seems like they just play because they they love the game. I mean, they're really playing in the game. I mean, they're, every play, you know, is a, a smash mouth. I mean, it's not, you know, it's nothing to, you know, and it goes every play. And that's why I've always looked at one of the things that I had a lot of respect for way back when, and of course, our weight program was a little different. But um, I had a, I had a player that uh, that played for the Steelers, Mike Webster, that I coached. And Mike was a, was an avid weightlifter, in that he wanted to lift. He didn't care how much he he, he lift. He lift for um, uh, uh, for for endurance, mm-hmm. muscle endurance. So he'd take six. He'd, he'd find out what he did the maximum, and he'd take. I forget about sixty percent of that, and then he'd do sets. He he didn't have any numbers. He just did three sets of these, and the numbers were, you just did as many as you could, and you know what? The simple philosophy was, I'm I'm a center. I'm every play. I have to bench press some guy. One time isn't going to be four hundred pounds. Ain't going to do it. Sure. I've got to you know I've got to bench press a guy three hundred pounds or two hundred and fifty pounds you know, 25, 30 times in a game. And um, so that was, was, was his philosophy, and he was stronger than mustard gas. I mean, he was <laughs> really strong. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, and that, that goes, you know, you evaluate all that stuff. When they get done, they'll evaluate strength of players. And they'll, they'll they'll let them know what they need to do to get better. They'll you know the weight coaches will be involved in it, and I think that's what you do after the season's over. You look at everything. You, you look at all your individuals. You spend time with them, get to know them better, find out what turns them on and off. Mm-hmm. And and especially in the NFL, I think it's you got so many different personalities coming in. You know, when, and, and that's the same in college. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you really, you really have to find what, what you know, you know, are the things that'll make them a better player, and uh, you know, whether it's mental or whether it's, you know, physical or whatever it is, whether it's weight. You know, you can't stretch a guy, so you can't worry about how tall he is or how short he is or whatever it is. You know, and uh, but. You know, and and a, and a lot of the players have, in their own minds, know the things that they have to do. And a lot of them will step up their endurance stuff, um, especially linemen, will will step their endurance stuff up. You know, they just seem to do it more in the NFL. They realize they they're not playing as many snaps, but they're they're playing every play. Mm-hmm. I mean, as hard as they can go. And if you watch the drills in, the, in any any of those pro camps, you'll see them walking around like they're going to go to sleep until they put their hand on the ground, and then it, it and then it's a million miles an hour. <laughs> and um, you know, I mean, it's, they run a drill like they're playing in a game. 
you know, there's no there's no loaf in it. And they, but but up until that point, when that hand goes around the guy, they look like they look like the laziest bunch of people walking around you ever saw. And then, but when it, you know, like I said, when the time comes for them to perform and practice and do something, it's a it it flies, you know. So, you know, you don't realize it till you actually see it. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, we'll uh, do this again next week. We'll be uh, a little bit closer to spring football as uh, we're two weeks away from spring football. So that'll be good times to talk uh, different position groups and some of the personnel, uh, you know, back uh, for Nebraska and some of the new faces. So should be pretty good. Have they all got been settled? Is how all the players they've got in now? Are they all? I mean, are they all done recruiting? I think so. I think there's a couple of guys out there that they're still looking at. One uh, defensive edge rusher and one offensive tackle that uh, we'll we'll see we'll see on a couple of guys that could add to the roster. And if they get them, that'd be pretty nice. But we'll see if they get them because <laughs> it's a portal. Yeah. Well, depth is always a big thing. I mean, you know, if you're going to go do something. You- you got to have good people. Well, listen, I'll talk to you next week, and thanks for having me. Coach, we always love hearing from you, and, and uh, stay warm, all right? I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Take care, Coach. Appreciate talk you. To, okay, talk to you later. Bye now. There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. And, yeah, that's that's the key thing. What do you take from a loss to make you better? And Nebraska kept uh, revamping, and you saw some of the, the metamorphosis happen Uh, during that that seven-game bowl losing streak to what they became in the 90s and beyond. We'll uh, check in. Some thoughts from Zach Taylor next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, open phones here till 646637. 7 6 825 4673 You can email Chris at uh, Boomer Esiason with us this week. Uh, Jojo Doman uh, potentially with us this week. So there you go. So Zach Taylor, uh, Joe Burrow, and uh, the Cincinnati crew, some thoughts from them this postseason, or I should say this postgame. Uh, with the loss and coach McBride's right on it and that's funny I bet if you could have sat down with Bob Devaney when it comes to officials and crooked officials and and most if not the 99 percent of officials are incredible uh, notwithstanding some missed or bad calls the human element or error that happens but uh I think uh, there was a lot of remember the Titans going on way back in the old heyday of college football, potentially, with what Coach McBride was saying about the split crews. And uh, 
the uh, the, the phantom flag as uh, he was recounting a story of Nebraska and LSU in an Orange Bowl. And, oh, look, Nebraska's going in for a score. Here's a flag. <laughs> or you, just, you just see it on the road or in some bowl games. And I know... I was going to say, it didn't even have to be that, that coy. It could have just been, oh, Penn State's guy caught the ball out of bounds and we're going to call it in Don't get Coach McBride started on that game. <laughs> He has before. I mean, and it's 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 painful. Cost him a national championship, not just one, but two. And and then you know, Nebraska fans of a certain age will never forget the '94 Orange Bowl with Florida State. You know, a phantom phantom call that took away a, a, a kickoff return, clear fumble at the two. Baron Miles, I think, recovered that. Actually, Tyron Williams maybe recovered it, but Baron forced it. And uh, somehow, some way, Nebraska actually got a second left on the clock. They were going to run. They were going to let that thing burn off, and uh, and not give Byron Bennett the opportunity to to go wide left. So yeah, there's there's been a handful of games, even the Crouch game, right, where Linda Blair came out and. It's a fourth down, and Crouch gets his face ripped off, or a third down, automatic first down. But yeah, I the timing's the issue, and and that's part of the discussion point. Not Cooper. It's it's up there with Cooper Cup's performance, Aaron Donald's performance, and yes, the Cincinnati offensive line play. The the officiating the final two minutes is part of that talking point that you'll remember about Super Bowl 56 and if you're a Rams fan you're still livid that uh not and if you're a better I mean what if since he doesn't get the touchdown for 75 yards you you win and you cover theoretically because you won by three but take seven off the board you just don't know how events would have would have turned out but uh let's hear from uh from uh from Joe Burrow on this game his reaction to the loss and uh, more from Burrow here on just, you know, kind of what's next for Cincy and soaking the moment in. He played played well enough to win, didn't get didn't get protection from his O line. I'd like to say that we were probably as hungry now as we were before the game. We really wanted to win it. Um, not just for us, but for the fans and the organization, obviously, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> the is what it is. We wanted to win it. We came up short, frustrated. I hope Burrow's knee is all right. Last thought from Joe here on working to get back. I'd like to say we're going to get back you know, every year, but uh, you know, it's, it's not a reality. We're going to work really hard to get back to this moment and, and finish, up, finish on top like we wanted to this year and we just came up just short. Cincinnati, uh, let's just pray their ownership continues to stay the course with the input from their head coach, their front office, and the folks that are evaluating who they go get. Well, I mean, just look at what the, the rest of the AFC is going to be bringing back next season. You, you can't even rest on your laurels and say, oh, well, we got a young team. We'll just let them develop for another year. You can't do that. You got Josh Allen, who's going to be another year better with Buffalo. And, you know, they're going to make improvements to the roster. You have Lamar Jackson back next season. He, he was hurt at the end of this year. And the Ravens are looking pretty good, despite not having a great roster before he went down. Patrick Mahomes is going to be back. Justin Herbert, you, you expect he's going to take Tennessee is knocking on the door every year, as limited as they are. 
what they do, they do better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Let's play smash mouth football. Yeah. I mean, the, the AFC is just stacked. And if the Bengals say, well, okay, we'll just let our guys get a year older, that's not going to be good enough. No, you you're, make you're some t- splashes. Your, your time to, to take the old proverbial stake through the heart is now because, listen, Cleveland's a mess mm-hmm. with their quarterback situation. Pittsburgh's in rebuild and transition with whatever they do at quarterback. Then there's you. There's Cincinnati that, that rose up and won the division. And you've had Baltimore's number, yes. quite frankly. I think you've won three straight against them. You haven't just won. You've annihilated them. You have not a lot of teams blow out Baltimore, and I know they were a little more mortal this year. But Cincinnati put up a ton of points, and Burrow, had, Burrow has had his best games against Harbaugh in that defense, period. He has, he has lit them up. They put over, I think there's a couple 40-point point outputs this year. Killed them. Well, I mean, but, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the opportunity. Look at what the Rams saw. The Rams saw their opportunity this year. What did they do? They wouldn't mortgage their entire future, trading away draft picks, trading away salary down the road, knowing you're probably going to have one chance at it this season. And, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't won the Super Bowl, and that's what matters in the NFL. It, it, the, the season's... I don't want to say it's a loss if you don't win the Super Bowl, but every single team has that one goal. And sometimes you got you to gotta say, you know what, five years from now, six years from now, we might not make the playoffs so we can win the Super Bowl next season. And, and the Rams did it perfectly this season. We'll see. I'm not sure the Bengals need to go all in like that, but you might start mortgaging your future just a little bit in order to get to the mountaintop next year or two years from now. The thing is, a lot of the teams that mortgage the future now, they are smart enough in the front office to – avoid the the total collapse Mm. now a couple of examples denver when they went all in it worked it worked for a super bowl but they've been playing catch up since peyton's gone goodbye i think the bigger problem with denver being a broncos fan is that they didn't just blow it up when peyton retired if they were just blowing it up and started afresh you had too good a defense to blow it up though yeah but but they thought well maybe if we just find that that quarterback in the draft we can get right back to the playoffs in one to two you years had, that was never gonna happen you had a hall of fame quarterbacks ego that's ruined you with quarterback selection post peyton mm-hmm. for for years now who's to say he doesn't pull a rabbit out of the hat with going and getting Rodgers or Russell or Kyler Murray seems pretty pissed off right now. I mean, there, there are routes to go, and I'm not saying you have to go find a second, third, or first-round guy that's the next great. You never know at quarterback. You just don't. More times than not, it doesn't work out, or they're not as good as they're supposed to be. So by any means, I'm okay with. <laughs> but they tried to go get Flacco. That didn't happen. Uh Tampa's in a situation, too, where it's really feast or famine. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are they going to do? But they got to the mountaintop, though. Oh, I know. And, and you'll always have that. You'll remember it. It's a second championship. But uh, the Rams, they're not far removed, and they didn't drop off that much, even when they went all in and got Sue and they had Donald. And they had an all-star team before. But they really were, were right this year with getting – OBJ mm-hmm. and any fit and getting Von Miller and getting Von Miller was perfect. He was re-energized and he didn't have he didn't have to be the man. When you can even add Jalen Ramsey in there, I know that that trade wasn't this season, but they they went all in for the talent around, and then they went in all in on the the talent for Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. It, no, it, it all worked they, out. They up they upgraded substantially. Let's hear from Zach Taylor. Uh, credit to the Rams, Zach in his post game. I just want to give. 
credit to the Rams. They, they won this game. Uh, they're a tremendous organization. Those people are special people over there. I know more than anything. Um, I wish we would have won and we'd be the ones celebrating, but uh, they've done things the right way too, and, and um, you know they get to be Super Bowl champs. So first-class organization. Final play of the ball game and uh, almost a miraculous completion, Zach Taylor, on that fourth down in completion. Yeah, it's, it's hard to lose a play really on the last play of the game. You know, when we were moving the ball in a position to – feel like win the game, not tie it. We're going to try to go win it. Um, been working for the last six months, played 21 games, and then you lose the Super Bowl. It's not a lot of fun. They'll try and regroup. Protection woes, though. We've, we've spent all show talking about the O-line, and you, you know it and can nod quietly as a Nebraska fan because it's, it, it's, it's what cost you a lot last year as well. I thought in the first half of this game, protection was tremendous. And in the second half, you know, we, we called some passes and it got difficult. Um, you know, we'll have to see how they all played out. You know, it's, it's everyone's just going to say it's the offensive line. we got to see exactly how that played out. Um, don't ever want our quarterback to get hit, but that's life in the NFL sometimes. And uh, final thought from Zach Taylor here uh, again. What since he was able to do and where they're able to go, uh, to rise up, not just to, to be a playoff team, but be a force and get some wins and have a chance with a minute and change left to go try and take a title. We are a first-class organization from top to bottom. Um, I think that we've given the fans something really to be proud of and cheer about, and uh, that's, that's, that's a plus for us. Keep, uh, keep sweet talk in the organization. And, and listen, he's faithful and thankful, right? He still has a job. They stuck with him. He's going to be loyal to them. But overall, that organization's got a ton of warts on them, historically, mm-hmm. historically speaking. There's a reason that their nickname was the Bungles for years. Yes. And, it, but I'll say this, they have, they have, they have picked, they have done well in the draft. <laughs> they have done really well uh, with your running back, your wideout, and your quarterback, in the draft, and, and don't kid yourself, I mean, they took a lot of hell for, for going out and getting Mixon. Mixon, thankfully, has uh, not become Adrian Peterson. See that story? Yes. Where, where Arrested at the airport? Yeah, arrested at the airport for abuse of his wife. Uh, I think while the, fly, while the plane was in the air. And that guy's just got... a several screws loose well he had, he did didn't he get arrested for uh child abuse as well at one point yeah he had a stick and he yeah. yeah so we may have to hear the story from ed orgeron that made its rounds on twitter this weekend about the, the one that got away ed orgeron on adrian peterson this weekend we'll have that for you yep fred hoiberg didn't have any answers. Nebraska had zero answers. That was abysmal yesterday. We'll spend a hot minute on Nebraska basketball. We'll wind down this second hour. Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. As uh, it's time to, to talk a little Husker basketball, Kenny mails in. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. The talk's always been Fred was a, a great technician, a strategist. Basketball knowledge beyond most, if that's the case, shouldn't he be able to navigate a respectable record even if they don't end up with the recruits they thought they had? Yeah. He sh- it, it, it's on him, Kent, for the unraveling. I mean, it it was 15 to 11. Nebraska was trading baskets, taking smart shots, rebounding. That man was good, dare I say, good the first few minutes. And, and, and listen, he wasn't the problem on, on Sunday. But Lat was boxing out. Took some good shots, right, and and was active. Like, that's the most physical I've seen Lat all season. The problem yesterday were the McGowan's kids. And listen, uh, Bryce is talented and special, but also is, you know, all good with with getting back into his step-back three game. And it's just brutal shots. It, It helped keep the fire or the inferno rolling in that 42 to, to 10 run and the turnovers. I mean, Trey had had five of them where he'd just go in and, and force things. And, and, he, and, he, and uh, gosh, I, I feel for him because he's frustrated and he's trying to, to make something positive happen. But the, the turnover numbers, Trey with five, Bryce with two, and then the combined shooting, I mean, Bryce was three for eleven. I think I, I'm fairly certain that um, Trey was two for six or two for seven. I mean, like five of fifty, five of twenty. And and the my question was why why wasn't a timeout called? More timeouts called to try and you know fan the flames a little bit or or to extinguish the flames. Excuse me. And both those guys were just kind of hunting their own shots or just flat out out of control. Sit them both. Now, Fred's problem is this. Who do you go to? Webster played 22 minutes, had six points. He was one for six, two turnovers. He had an answer. And then, you, I mean, Verge wasn't a problem. I know sometimes he over dribbles quite often, and he had a couple of turnovers, but Verge was two for four. He wasn't shooting 30 times. Uh, and and then when you bring Tominaga in, 
I mean, that guy is absolutely gasoline on a bonfire. 99% of the time he comes in. One for six, again from three. At least, at, at least with the Michigan game, he, he got to the rim. He drove a little bit. And he's such a liability defensively. Every game, any game. And then he always has this palms up thing going. What, me? <laughs> what, me? Yeah, dude, you. Just gets crushed. So what, what's Fred supposed to do other than not miss as horribly as they've missed with their talent evaluation? Fred talked uh, about Iowa and, uh, well, guess what? Iowa develops, okay? <laughs> they've got a guy that's going to go in the top 15 of the NBA draft who is a no-name two-star in Cedar Rapids that now is incredible. And uh, well, Fred, Fred detailed a little more after, afterwards yesterday. You know, the size, athleticism, he's the most versatile player in our league. And he's, a, you know, talk about three-level scores, you know, is the true definition of that. He's a guy that can get in the post, beat us down the floor consistently tonight where he got deep post-up position, uh, tried a couple different guys on him. We put size on him. Uh, he got us in the perimeter. We put guard on him, uh, try to get into him, and he got us in the post. So just a, a very difficult cover. Obviously, a kid playing in a, with an incredible rhythm right now, 12 for 14 the other night, and his efficiency uh, that he's playing with is, uh, uh, is phenomenal right now. So, yeah, you can just tell what those kids and how they waited their turn with the team that they played on last year with Garza, with Wieskamp, uh, you know, with all those high-powered players that they have, and, you know, for him to step into this role is pretty impressive. Murray. Uh, is incredible. Murray's younger brother is going to be special as well. And you have Murray and Wisconsin. You have you have some programs that, and listen, look at most of the Big Ten. Even Michigan State. They build, they develop, and not every year do they go to the tournament, but guess what? They're they're pretty good. I mean, Fran's been there since 2010. I know he's kind of a psycho, but they go to they've gone to the tournament five times. They're looking at a sixth in a 12 year stretch. I think you would absolutely take that if you're Nebraska. You take half of that yeah. if you're Nebraska. And you know, as as we, I mean, they were down by as many as what did I see? 37 points. That sounds right. Right. I, I thought at one point we were in like a 14-3 to three run to cut the lead like 26. Right. And Nebraska's issue wasn't effort yesterday. It was just decision-making, which is bad. Last thought here from Fred. Turnovers. And, you know, we talked about that before the game. If you turn it over, they're going to capitalize on it. And, you know, we missed a couple at the rim, fell down. They come down five on four with numbers. Again, they're going to make you pay uh, when you have those types of stretches. I think they go on a 36-5 to five run on us after we had that lead. I thought our energy our urgency early in the game was exactly where it needed to be uh, to get out to that start after six minutes we were making the right play uh, our baskets were assisted and then we just tried to get it all back at once and took quick shots and lost our poise completely and they outscore us 19 nothing off turnovers in the first half and that's the game you know we came out in the second half executed ran our offense uh, made shots missed open ones um, but you know, when you have to dig out of that type of hole, 25-point hole, uh, there's just not enough. So, you know, credit Iowa. They, they came out and uh, kept their poise, and, uh, and we did not. 
No, and let's be honest. Poise has never been with this team. That's that's one thing you can count on going out the window is making the right play and the smart play at the right time. They're the opposite of that because it's it's impulsive with with this team where they're going to launch a stupid shot or it turns into me time. And Fred talked about it with some of the basketball writers that were in Iowa City about hero ball and you just you just can't live this way and Fred I don't think wants to live this way and you follow up Minnesota with this where I mean some of your guys that are supposed to be your leaders are the ones that are again pouring more gas on the fire with their play and decision making not surprised but you listen you go to a bar you order some food you pour a beer and you just kind of sit and soak in even the handful of Nebraska fans that show up to watch. And they're, they're, we're all kind of still amazed that it, and it should be old hat where, all right, this is not new. They're down 30 again. <laughs> you know, feel, you, you feel for Fred. Let's see if things are better Friday with the uh, the turtle coming in. We'll wind down on Monday next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Tomorrow on the show, we will... Have Andy Markowski, a Tuesday with Kaz. Mitch Sherman going to join us. And then uh, later in the week, uh, we'll run down Boomer Esiason, former Bengal great, part of CBS and Westwood One's NFL coverage. So excited about that. So, Elijah, uh, I didn't quite get into uh, your smorgasbord. I had wings. I had beer, maybe a little vodka, and then some, some pizza with Junior. That was my Super Bowl. I made myself work out for an extended period of time before uh, indulging. What did you do? Did you do the pulled pork? So we we did uh, ribs instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did ribs. Ribs. Are you a a dry rub or or a wet guy? So we did the dry rub, and then we had the uh, the sauce on the side. Beautiful. It was was pick your own poison there. Um, And then we went nachos. Uh, So just quick and easy, the queso 
ground beef, some guac, lettuce, sour cream. Those are delicious. And then we had uh, buffalo chicken dip for the appetizer. And you made that. I did make that. So what, what's your what's your specialty with this? People rave about their own buffalo chicken dip, and it is legendary. What makes yours so incredible? Uh, I don't skimp on the chicken. That's the key. I, okay. I, I went and got some boneless, skinless chicken thighs, roasted those up, shredded them up. Ooh, so didn't, so you, you are brilliant with the thigh call. It's dark because meat. Because the thigh is... Well, it's tender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. Yep. And then it, it just paired perfectly. Uh, so it all turned out really well. And the, the best part was, was uh, we hosted at my house. So it was uh, my family as well as uh, my roommates and their family. So we... Uh, we all went at my or my house, and the bad part was was I had to do all the dishes and I had to do all the cleanup before everyone came up, and I had to clean up after everyone left. But on the bright side, I have an abundance of ribs, nachos, so you're and buffalo good chicken for dip. a week, maybe two. <laughs> okay, there, there's at least oh a rack and a half to two racks of ribs just sitting in my fridge. Baby right? back or St. Louis? Baby back. Yeah, it was it was money, and we got the rib tips and everything. It was beautiful. Look at beautiful. you, good. Well, I got the text from the wife. She's like. Hey, do you want to go somewhere tonight to eat? Like, of course not. It's Valentine's <laughs> night. I got to figure out what I'm doing tonight because um, my roommate is cooking up uh, his girlfriend a, a fancy little dinner at uh, at our place. So uh, me and my roommate are going to try to just clear the house, let them have their space. Ooh. And uh, we've been trying to figure out where we can go without looking like we're on a date. Well, and, and that's that's the problem. It's Valentine's Day. Anywhere you go. There's so many off ramps right now for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm just, just going to well like we're like we can go see the new jackass movie and like ah uh, that's that'd be like okay that's going to look like we're on a date still well, just it's okay to listen you go with another dude to a movie a friend there's the buffer zone there you don't have to sit next to each other that's fair that's I mean, fair. unless it's sold out, which I highly doubt it is. <laughs> Jackass on God, Valentine's Day. Yeah, God, <laughs> How romantic. God love Johnny Knoxville and whatever's being shot at his groin, but you you have that buffer seat between. You just do. Where you're not having to sit on each other's lap or sh- share popcorn. But sharing popcorn is so much more cost efficient. Yeah. But you're the one that's worried about looking like you're on a date, <laughs> but yet you're sharing popcorn. So <laughs> it's economy, <laughs> which you're talking about. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.